0: awesome so uh, this is i think one of the newer episodes of running out the light uh and i'm jeremy this is a podcast where we look at uh, comedy albums books or films and we look at it and see how it can help us improve with our art and uh, this week we're listening to a uh, big dumb animal by matt brogner and I have my favorite big, dumb animal all the way from Springfield, Illinois, Larry Smith.
1: Hi, guys.
0: <laughs> God damn it, Larry. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: I'm real proud of myself. That was, I've been practicing that, uh, that, that greeting
0: for, for two weeks now. I feel bad for Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I just, every night, went right when she falls
1: asleep, I just go, hi, guys. <laughs> She punches uh, me in the face, but
0: she it's should. worth it. No, she should.
1: Um, oh yeah, she I mean, she usually does anyway. But. that's fair.
0: No, that's fair. She's just wildcatting.
1: Just uh, wildcat.
0: <laughs> uh, Larry, what do you do this week?
1: What I do this week? Yeah. Oh man, um, you talked about this past week. So, sure. Yeah. Or the last two weeks? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last two weeks, yeah. I did a bunch of super interesting. Uh, Interesting alt shows this past couple of weeks. That's what yeah. I've done. Yeah, like what? Um, and just like we, I did a, a fundraiser uh, up in Bloomington. Yeah, and um, the crowd that showed up was so drunk that the like none of the comics it could oh. get their attention. So I just went up there and yelled at them. Drunk. I just pretended to be drunker than they were and but, just yelled until they paid attention. But you were drunker than them, right? I was not quite. I was at the end um, by the time that we got all said and done. But, you know, I, I try not to be too drunk when I'm on stage. And by that, I, I try not to be drunk when I go on stage. Same.
0: Same. I was actually doing a show on Memorial Day. I got invited. The show was at nine. I got asked to do it at 5.30. So I got down there. Uh, first drink was already free. I was like, all right. Five minutes later, someone just offered me a drink and I went, okay. And then I started buying a couple of drinks during the show before I went on. Mm. And I was just ready. Uh, and the crowd, yeah. the crowd was uh half comics, not who were on the show, but just actually watching. Half, oh, that's nice. Yeah. And then half like people like heard, hey, free comedy show on Memorial Day. Let's go. But it was one of those shows where, like, my jokes were landing, but they weren't landing hard. The ads to the jokes were landing way harder. Yeah. it's was like, fuck it. I guess we're we're just going to go off the cuff and have some fun. Uh, and right before I got on stage, I had a full beer in my hand. And one comic grabbed me and said, hey, I dare you to finish the whole beer during your set. <laughs> and and I did. I stopped telling jokes to finish beer my beer during my set.
1: You know what? that's that's value. that's valiant. that's yeah. when, a, when a man sets his mind to something he should finish it not proud of you for that
0: thank you i'm proud of me too i got applauded and i shouldn't have yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i did i did last
1: saturday i did one down in st louis uh a show that was uh at you know con- you, 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 you know a, what's that at
0: the comic shop no, no, this was a dead done uh, This was a bar that wasn't quite as advertised, but it was a fun show. But you know it's always a good sign when, when the booker comes up and goes, Hey man, we're gonna hold for the crowd. I'm like, oh no. I've, okay. I've done that. I've done that even on my shows. The worst that it's been I was I was doing a show in South Dakota, I won't say who, but I think you and I know who the host was. <laughs> we held for an hour. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's about what we did. And uh, no. here's the thing, though. I, the show started at 8. We were told to be there at 7.15. Me being a professional and, and, and conscientious of things like that, I showed up at 7.05. Sure. And I was like, Sh- "This show starts at 8. I can have a few drinks. And so, you know, just to just get relaxed. So I had a few drinks and then uh, was told, hey, we're going to hold. And we held for another almost an hour. And by the time I went on stage that night, I was uh, a little drunker than I should have been. But it was,
0: but it was also – the crowd was there. They were just all outside hanging Uh-oh. out with the booker. Yeah, the booker was outside oh, with the crowd. No. That's the worst. <laughs> this uh, – this tomorrow, actually, I have uh, – no, the 31st. So the day after tomorrow, I have a show that is at this distillery – don't know anything but the booker. I'm expecting just anything at this point, and I am excited. Yeah. I am promised chicken wings for this show.
1: You know what? That's sometimes the best we can hope for.
0: Yeah. And I did uh, one of the other shows I did this week was I did uh, I, I did a Funny Bone show. I did a Clash of the Comics, something we have in Omaha and uh, Des Moines. Nice. Yeah, and it's for those who don't know. It is just a like we nine comics get together, we do their best five minutes, PG thirteen, nothing graphic, and a panel of judges then votes on hey uh, who who won. Winner gets to actually host for a nationally touring comedian and get paid. I I went on stage. I was super nervous. My leg was jittering, but I couldn't. I tried to like not make it hidden. I'm not try to hide it. Jokes landed. And I was killing it. And the host's name is Ty Ingram. Great comic. I say, good night, everyone. Give it for your host, Tyler Walsh. And I just walk off. Mm. There's a table full of comics, and we had to wait 30 seconds for them to stop fucking laughing. (laughs) Oh, no. I was like, "Mm, I think I I was on board for this set right until the end. Um... (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: <laughs> i did not win
1: yeah, I, i'm guessing not
0: second place that's not fair
1: <laughs> yeah well i was supposed to do the uh because the footy voted out at st louis is doing a uh contest yeah. and i was supposed to do that monday night but uh monday night was game one of uh hockey so since it's St. Louis' team that is playing said hockey, they decided to postpone, which is probably the best idea. Yeah. So I have no idea how I did it. I'm going to pretend, though, that I, I
0: kill. that I can't wait to go back for the semifinal round. Fuck yeah. No, that's yeah. – uh, competitions are like a nightmare, but also incredibly fun. It's like, man, it should be about the art, but I want to win, so – Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and that's – the th- I, I, I hate comedy contests. I hate them because comedy is so subjective and the last time i did a comedy contest it was audience vote and i got told i got told by the owner of the theater because it was a a theater that uh, ran this contest the owner of the theater was like look there are a lot of people bringing their families who voted for them and he goes but i'm telling you there were so many write-ins afterwards that were like and this guy, please, we liked him. It's like, well, that's great. He goes, I couldn't count it. Of course not. No, no, I, no you have to go with the votes that actually count because you could, you know, only pick you know, the one. But it was like we liked this guy. It's like, well, that's great. So I, but I had a, a, a lapse in judgment and was like, you know what? I'm gonna do the funny bone contest. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I'm just. Which is probably best for me to not be all like, "Oh my god, I gotta do good." Now I'm like, I'll oh, go give you four minutes of something. You'll get four minutes of jokes, and I don't care if you like it because <laughs> <laughs> I know what i I know what I'm going out and doing.
0: I'm, I'm, still young enough. I want you to like me. <laughs> so,
1: well, of course, you know, I don't think there's any comic. I don't even Doug Stanhope wants people to like him, or else he wouldn't be doing it.
0: I mean, but you've been to an open mic,
1: <laughs> yeah every open mic speaking of that i think tonight's open mic at uh at our club here but um, yeah I'm, I'm, i'd rather talk to you
0: i actually uh, right after this i'm about to head to an open mic um i've been working on a joke about being in an all-white production of the whiz
1: <laughs>
0: just like oh where's the where's the funny in this
1: <laughs> i opened my set in st louis with with one stupid joke that I was just like, oh, this might be funny. And then I went into a joke about the song Fuck the Police (laughs) (laughs) and how I used to ride around in a beat up 1987 Ford Ranger with my my buddy singing gangster rap, you know, driving over gravel roads and through farms because there's nothing more gangster than a
0: couple white farm kids (laughs) riding around. Not realizing that the word shouldn't end with a hard R. <laughs> no,
1: no. The crowd loved it, but they were also mostly—they uh, were mostly African African Americans—and uh, they thought that was real great, especially
0: when I sang "fuck the police." Uh, with my trucker cap sideways and uh, a deep midwestern hillbilly accent, I like that. Here's how I know you're white: is that he said I sang this rap song? No,
1: because I I, that's the only way that you know I, I can do
0: it. It's you know, the original, original intention of the song, I think. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any anything else you've done this week that's not comedy related?
1: Anything else I've done this week that's not comedy? Related? Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be a sad, quiet moment, isn't it? It is. Oh, my God. What did I do? Oh, yeah, I'm trying to be less fat, so I've been running a lot.
0: Nice. I actually got a gym membership a couple of weeks ago. I've been trying to go on a semi-regular basis.
1: Yeah. Well, you know you know, I lift the big heavy things. But lifting the big heavy things coupled with a year's worth of, of depression, uh, keeping it light, kids. Um <laughs> <laughs> really, as,
0: really. As, soon, as soon as you said that sentence, by the way, like uh, a young little girl with hope in her eyes, actually just walked <laughs> through the room.
1: <laughs> and I was like, "Oh,
0: <laughs> she doesn't know."
1: <laughs> We're gonna go to the dark place. Um, no, I just got, I just got a real. I, you know, I, I had, a, I had, a, I had a rough year. I had a good year for it was a great year for comedy um but not a good year for my psyche and i kind of got over that and then looked down one day trying to put on one of my favorite shirts and it wouldn't fit over my torso and i went all right well time to be less fat so it's uh that's that's what of course even that's comedy related because i don't you know i don't mind being a little a little uh a little south on stage, you know, a nice in between too fat. And it's just sad. If you make fun of yourself, not fat enough. It doesn't make sense. If you're just right in between, just as the right level of punch, <laughs> you know, just, just the right level of punch for comedy. That's where I'm trying to get back to. I
0: had, I had uh, a couple of years ago. I had a friend, uh, Will Doherty, big dude, uh, funny guy, but I was wearing a kind of a nice tighter shirt. Uh, that was all black but I have some pudge. And Will, while we're walking in the comedy sh- uh, store, the comedy club, he leans in and whispers to me and says, the black isn't fooling anybody. And just oh, walks no. Away.
1: <laughs> Oh, no. It's
0: like, oh, no. Everything <laughs> I've worked <laughs> for is gone.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just going to go lay down in the road now. Like, Thanks, buddy. <laughs>
0: Maybe if I cry, the tiles will go faster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, thanks. You, you realize that most of us have, have have self-esteem and body image issues. No, you don't. Cool. All
0: right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was bigger than me. He's like, oh man, he's not he's not doing this to be mean. He's doing this to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> i'm in his world now and he's welcoming me in
1: (laughs) see and that's the worst that's the worst when they're honest about like you know like (laughs) my youngest kid came up the other day and just came up and and smushed my back fat oh he he just because he reached up and he hits hits my back and he's like hmm Oh, just checking the melons. Just hitting, you know, hitting my back with my <laughs> shoulder blades. Just checking the melons, pretty solid. These might be ripe. And he gets down there and he he just pokes my back fat and goes. <sniffs> that's the noise. He goes, <sniffs> "Uh oh, somebody needs to get these rotten melons out of the display." Is he the five
0: on just your back fat?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to be angry with him, but I was all I, I was simultaneously like. I was like, "Oh my god, he's right," but the other part I was like, "Oh my god, that's hilarious." <laughs> uh, this is the same kid that last night was trying to creep out his big brother you. <laughs> by like, like, like getting up on him and and like nuzzling his neck, and he <laughs> leaped. and his brother goes, "Because hey, man." Um, this is incest. You understand that, right? And he looked at him and kissed him on the nose. He goes, it's not incest if you yell no chromo. And I was like, that, what? Hold on. What? What did you say? He says, no chromo. Can't be incest. And I was like, I I, I need a minute to go be alone. I need a look. Because that's the creepiest and the funniest and most clever thing I've ever heard. Oh, that's an opener right there. Yeah, right? Yeah, no. Honest, I, just, I just let the kid write all my material.
0: No, give the kid a type five. He's in.
1: This kid's got potential.
0: This kid's money.
1: He's out the tops, <laughs> Except that he has, hor- wait, no, he is perfect because he has horrific social anxiety.
0: <laughs> you mean a comic?
1: <laughs> He's perfect for comedy. I don't like people. I don't like being in the public. I don't like looking at humans. I don't like talking to them. Well,
0: let me get on stage and tell you about my inner deepest, darkest secrets. I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk at
1: you. <laughs> you know, yeah, not two, but
0: that. Uh, on the subject of social interactions and working out, um, I actually, on Memorial Day, a bunch of comics and I got together and played kickball. That's was awesome. It was, but I was the only one in jeans. You dumbass. <laughs> I didn't have any shorts and I went I assume other people will be in jeans and also like don't play sports so like it'll be fun
1: <laughs> you know what you do in that situation you take your least favorite pair of jeans and you turn them into some jorts
0: I do have some jorts promise there's a hole in the crotch and I was like nope <laughs> <We're->
1: <laughs> you may come alive Just, uh, just wear some compression shorts
0: underneath. No, that is the goal. Yes. Or wait wait a minute. If I had compression shorts,
1: wouldn't I just wear the shorts and not the jean shorts? You know what? I'm not going to kink shame you.
0: Or or I just get like a piece of fabric, like a bandana, and just sew it on the bottom.
1: Fuck, just a fucking loincloth. That's what you do. Just Just tar, just Tarzan that shit.
0: Uh, But uh, my team was clearly losing, and I didn't know what else to do. So like I don't know, just be a dick about it. So I went to one of my comic friends who was very competitive, and I went, you know, the real winners is the fact that we made friends this time. I think we're all winners if we're having fun.
1: (laughs) The real winner is friendship. (laughs) (laughs) That's almost as creepy as no chroma. (laughs) Friendship guy's worse than incest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have been talked about how to title episodes, but that's the title of this episode now. (laughs) (laughs) No chroma. (laughs) No, friendship is worse than incest.
1: Yes! (laughs) I feel like that should be a song. Oh, that's an album. (laughs) Friendship is worse than incest.
0: Oh, it's an 80s, like, pump up song.
1: Friendship is worse than incest. Oh. <laughs> You've got to run up the mountain. <laughs> it's a great montage. Oh, it's great. It's no, it's uh,
0: it, it puts uh, set almost fire to shame.
1: Oh my god, that'd be the perfect song to play over clips of deliverance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we made it there. There it is. There it is. All right. Uh, so, what did we listen to this week, Larry? What was the album? It was Big Dumb Animal.
1: Big Dumb Animal by Matt Bronger. There were so many good ones to choose from. And uh, I mean, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we talked about doing um, I Like His Old Stuff Better, Cocaine, and Anything by Stuart Huff. And if if your listeners aren't familiar with Stuart Huff, I am not familiar with Stuart Huff. Get familiar with Stuart Huff. That man is the smartest comic. Working today, he would probably argue with you uh, because he's also humble. Uh, but he is absolutely brilliant. He is—he uh, just—he's—and he's just a good dude.
0: He's a good dude, but yeah, funny, funny stuff. So, but yeah, today is big dumb animal by, oh, by Matt Bronk. This is such a good album. I' trying to figure out why I like album, or why I remember some of these jokes years later. It's kind of the thing, because like. Like, we, you know, before we recorded, I talked about, like, I remember catfishing, or wildcatting, and, yeah. uh, and peaches.
2: I love peaches. Oh, peaches is such a good joke. I'm wearing a T-shirt from one of my favorite record stores called Peaches Records in, P- in, in New Orleans, called Peaches Records. Turning in my prize, this woman at a table full of other women stands up right at me, yells, Fuck you, peaches! <laughs> the best put-down you'll ever hear. Directed towards a man. Because there's no comeback to fuck you, Peaches. There just isn't. I was so high I forgot I had the t-shirt on. I'm like, what? why am I Peaches? You guys call me that when I'm out of earshot. Like paranoid fantasies, I'm getting my mail. And someone's just like, fuck check it out. Peaches getting his mail. Fuck you, Peaches. Nicole and I
1: scream fuck you peaches all the time at each other.
0: I think I remember getting drunk at your guys' house and you yelling fuck you peaches.
1: More than likely. Yeah. More than likely. I probably, I was real drunk that night.
0: Dude, I remember that night. Where almost everyone in uh, Springfield comedy was drunk that night.
1: Yes. Yes. And, and a few people who aren't Springfield comedy. It was, it
0: was a, that was a rough morning the next morning. Yeah, yeah, I had to drive back to Omaha that that morning.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a rough. I remember. But, I remember. Yeah.
0: Oh, woof. I think why
1: yeah.
0: I think why I like this is something about it. It it takes like it takes like a kind of like a toxic masculine image, like the Jagerbomb scenario, and just fucking breaks it down. Yes. Like not in a smart way, not in a way that says, Hey, isn't this problematic? Just like hey, this is fucking stupid.
1: Yes. <laughs> no, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons that I like it too. Because that Brocker could be easily a pro. But he is because he's so he's so self-effacing and is yeah, he's not doing anything like well let me tell you guys, there's no, you know, oh gosh, this is this is this is an issue. We need to make I'm gonna make a mild joke about it. He is just—he just is running over it with a freight train of of clowns and and tanker cards full of clown parts. That's that's what this album does. But what I what I like about it is it weaves a perfect
0: narrative from the beginning to the end of it. Yeah, about his uh, girlfriend.
1: Yes, yes. Because that was right after they had broken up. Right, and now. Of course, if you're a fan of Matt Bronker, you know that he and his his lady are back together and married and, and happy. But yeah, this was this was post breakup, and but he was he wasn't coming at anything with cynicism or anger. Uh, even when he talks about the breakup during the album, is he? Well, the the bit about angels, yeah, yeah, an- angels are people that can make you laugh. <laughs> Even in the worst of days, and he talks about the uh, the old Korean or Filipino lady that's wearing the T-shirt that uh, my dick wants to buy (laughs) Buy you a beer. Yeah, (laughs) or the or the fat guy with a tuba. That is my favorite.
2: When I say angel, I don't mean I don't really believe in angel angels. It's my term that I use for anything that makes you laugh when you don't think you can possibly laugh. Right. Like the best example I can think of is imagine yourself walking out of a funeral and you see a really fat guy playing a tuba, happily. And then he trips and crushes the tuba and then he farts a really long time while giggling. That's a fucking angel. There's no way you would not laugh at that. You'd buy him five more tubas, give him a hundred dollars, be like, do it five more times, bring me back to life. But it's just so much – that's what I was thinking. Like, It reminds me of like –
0: there's nothing called Sunday listening when it comes to comedy, but this is Sunday listening. This is – I'm going to play it while I'm cleaning. Yes. Or I, for me, I was playing Diablo. And I was like, I'm going to just listen to this while will play a video game. And I was like, this is just charming and fun. And yeah. it, it's kind of hinting that part of the reason why he broke up with his girl is because he's just this big, dumb animal who's kind of a bro but it's not mean nothing about it is mean at all no,
1: no. well even when he's uh um, like the the even once bit where he's giving blood <laughs>
0: <laughs> and,
1: yeah have you ever had sex with a man <laughs> even once oh brad your rough hands to the point my oldest my oldest kid gives blood regularly and he mm-hmm. did that to the uh the nurse, Jesus, and she was like, "What?" Because he he's like, nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. But Brad, who's Brad? <laughs> and, no, it wasn't who's Brad. He's like Brad. That's my, it's uh, my Boy Scout leader.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh no! It's nothing about it is mean. There's nothing cynical. Like we watched Ellen last week. We were just watching Ellen's special, and like. I might argue that Ellen had some jokes that were slightly more cynical than, than this. And that's amazing because Ellen was just charming the entire way through. It was – You and I, I I said this reminded me of like some of your jokes, Um, but you and I both do sad, depressed jokes. You and I both do suicide jokes. We do mental health jokes. We do, I think you have a breakup joke or like a divorce joke.
1: Um, You know, I did. I did. I've kind of, I've cycled some of that out. I say some, I've cycled any divorce stuff out because I don't need to talk about it anymore. No, Um, But like, and some of the, the mental health stuff, I've, I've kind of cycled some of that out as well, just because, like I said, I've, I hit a point where I was like, oh, I don't need, I don't need to, I, I need to go talk to a professional human that does this instead of yelling at people about it from, from behind a microphone.
0: What, why, why is my audience wide? Oh, those are my tears.
1: <laughs> why are they so blurry? Oh, no. I'm crying again. I'm crying again.
0: Oh, 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 the tears fill the 13 minutes I have. <laughs>
1: It was a show. It was good. Um, he did jokes for five minutes and then wept for another forty. It was. It was fine.
0: It was an avant-garde show. It was a performance <laughs> piece.
1: It was. And per- he just kept going. Why?
0: <laughs> no, but but you and I do dark jokes, but we never. It never comes off as sad. At least when I perform, I try not to make it come off as sad.
1: Right. Exactly. Because if you a sad, yeah. If you're up there making sad jokes people will get sad and they're not going to be like and uh, this is not fun or funny for me. Nope. But if you if you can I mean it, look at it, Matt's jokes about about breaking up and 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 all like liking <laughs> the joke I like young dudes.
0: Yeah, that jokes great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Or like like for instance I have a, a kind of a sad joke. I was uh I had a, I have a, a grandparent that was dying, and I was at hospice, and I have to explain. I feel like I have to explain what hospice is for the younger people, I guess, uh, yeah. the ones who don't see the light. And and I walked in, disheveled, sad, broken, and I looked down at my shirt that I just grabbed randomly while running late to work, and it was a shirt promoting a Steve Carell movie with the words "It's been nice knowing you" on the oh, chest. Jesus. That joke's funny to me. It's fucking hilarious.
1: That is a hilarious joke, but it's so
0: sad. Yes. So how do you like? That's the that's the thing. Like that's why I love this album so much. Like how do you talk about a sad subject, like leaving somebody or angels or uh, being in Korea? Like,
1: well, how do you? do does. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with his presentation of the joke it's because he's so yeah this is a this is a terrible dark bad thing but come on guys let's go along we're all in this together and that's i think that's bronker's key <laughs> to to being able to to tell the jokes he tells is is uh, hey we're all in this together hey we're all we're all like his uh his latest uh special made of mistakes he's like yeah we're all made of mistakes that's what makes us and here we are and i'm like yes that's brilliant and so he can talk about whatever he wants to talk about because it's never a oh can you fucking believe this shit it's always a hey here's a dumb thing all right let's run him down let's run this way he's like a very excited i don't know he's like an excited uh, uh eight-year-old that wants to show you all of his legos all at once at the same time and, and so he's just running from th- joke to joke and you're just like yes i'm excited to go along with you
0: there's something to be said about <clears throat> taking an idea and going, this is it. That's it. That's all we're going to talk about. We're going to
2: move on.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Um, cause I've, uh, newer comics. We've had this, uh, I remember going to a couple of open mics and some have maybe a funny idea about child abuse. It goes as you would expect nowhere too uncomfortable fast.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm familiar with that. (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. We've we've experienced it. But then this,
1: has a set, has a joke
0: about a 13-year-old girl just fucking chugging for country. And it was like a childhood drinking joke would be sad anywhere else. But it's just so happy and positive. Would never cross the line of being sugary sweet and disgenuine.
1: Right, right. Well, and that's yeah 13 year old girl who just like to for honor and country and then chugs an entire giant beer because he set up and that's the other thing it's not like you know you're sitting there like i can't believe that child drank beer you're like yeah of course any any of us would, would do that if stuck in that situation yeah. you know that's your hero <laughs> yes yes she
0: stepped up she did korea proud <laughs> that's not a sentence you hear a lot
1: (laughs) i didn't say north korea
0: (laughs) i was about to ask which one but you you did mention korea and food so i kind of like took an educated guess Ah,
1: yes (laughs) you know that thing they don't have in north korea (laughs)
0: Oh, uh, We are pieces of shit, and there are children right outside yeah, this well, room.
1: <laughs> look, I, I, we're not—we're pe- just pointing out the truth. I believe the leader of, of North Korea is a piece of shit, regardless of what we've been told by. Anyway, know, let's not go there. Dennis anyway. Rodman. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's not trust Dennis Rodman to make a good character judgment on another human being. His, yeah, his, his basketball he's,
0: prowess wasn't sucked up for the monstars.
1: <laughs> uh, he seems like a pretty nice guy. What the, no, 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 let's not, let's Dennis Rodman should not be our our ambassador to the north.
0: Oh, shit. No, 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 no. Ambassador to the North with Dennis Rodman. <laughs> you know what you sold me? I'm in. I'm fucking in.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I just pitched the show. Anybody else, anybody listening that wants to buy it, come get it.
0: This Game of Thrones prequel kind of sucks, but <laughs> better than the last season, I guess, so. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this character makes no sense, but is presented as such. <laughs> uh you can say something sad without being sad yeah i do i do jokes about killing myself and i always like to say when people ask especially because then when i was younger doing comedy people would ask me the question what are you about and i would say i just talk about being sad but in a funny way and people said well that's just being a comic yeah but i think what i do is i i used to describe myself as saying uh, walking down the stairs Christmas morning, not knowing yet that I'm Jewish. It's
1: uh, setting. Up. Oh my god, that's great! <laughs> it's, that is a great joke.
0: I feel like someone else wrote it, so I had to double check. But it's it's walking into a fun situation, not knowing that an unexpected, not knowing that the audience knows something's going to happen. Right, right. The audience knows that this is sad, but I always act like I don't know it's sad yet. Yeah, I think you have to. Yeah. I think in order to present it to the audience, they should, if you, if you
1: pretend like you don't know what direction it's going, even if they're like, I think I know where this is going. If you are like, no, no, this isn't where you're going to be really surprised when we get there. Yeah, I think presenting it like that is, that's that's clever. That's good writing, Jeremy Long.
0: I I try. I'm known to have one or two of those every six months.
1: I, I get it. I
0: understand. Uh, but even the jokes we made today, like off the cuff, like, hey, why is the audience so blurry? Oh, I'm crying.
1: Again. <laughs> okay.
0: It's setting up, hey, f- uh, it's an idea.
1: Charming premise. <laughs> and
0: it's all about your premise, I think. People, I think, especially if you're new, you focus on the punchline. Punchline's the easy part. Yeah. Your setup is is way more difficult. I think
1: so. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can have a great joke, but if you present it. I mean, not everybody can be Steven Wright. You know, and I think, like we were saying, I think that has a lot to do with with why Bronger can get away with some of the stuff he gets away with on that album. Because he just, the way he presents it is so innocuous, fine, fun. Um, sorry, I'm making a cocktail. <laughs> wait, you wait, hear the-
0: what are you making? Wait, what are you making? How um, about this podcast. What are you making?
1: Okay, well, um, I'm going to just, I think tonight we're going to do a little, uh, since we went for a run, we're going to be good to ourselves. And we're going to do uh, some vodka with a little pineapple juice and a uh, splash with some mango. And then, just because I like to, uh, I like to have fun. I'm going to give it just the tiniest drizzle grenadine, just to sweeten
0: mm. it up slightly. Okay, so we're, I'm going to say fuck the podcast for a minute. I'm going to tell you uh, one of one of my favorite drinks. Here's what I like. It's something we had at work. Uh, we were at a Christmas party, and they ran out of mixer for the gin, and they kind of just did this. Uh, it's gin and pineapple juice. is one way you can do this. <laughs> just a classic, simple drink for a classy, simple man. Or. Feeling a little, uh, feeling a little bit more fun is just gin, pineapple, orange juice, and you can't even taste the gin. It is just a smooth summertime drink. I like it with a mulberry gin, which is kind of a dark kind of like berry style gin. Mixed with the Uh two drinks, it is so good.
1: That sounds amazing.
0: Oh, it's perfect. Anyways, yeah, it's about your setup, man. Like, it's just like, what are you trying to say here? Like, again, I told you about that whiz joke. Uh, The joke of being an all white production of the whiz that idea is funny. It's something personal to me so it can be delivered well. But I can't just go up and say that on stage. I gotta I gotta work my way into it. I gotta put the audience in my shoes and they gotta see it with me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I opened with killing myself. Every... If it's a longer show, I open with the same same joke about killing myself, and I've done it in clean rooms and get a, uh, a good laugh. Why? Because I say it with bright eyes and enthusiasm, and I look like your little kid who just learned what a dirty word was.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that, exactly. And that, Let's,
0: and that dirty word was suicide.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I think I get away with some of the stuff I do, because I – uh, Befuddlement, uh, just excited befuddlement on my face when I say these things. And I, it's the same thing, wide eyes, big grin. Hey, right? Everybody's with me? No, not everybody's with me? Come on, somebody's with me. You know, it's just like, hey, come on. No, 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 I'm all alone. Of course I am. There I am, all alone once again.
0: But then you got to remember how often you're saying the sad thing. Like, notice, like, he'll bring up the girlfriend sparingly. He'll, uh, the, even the thing about a funeral home for angels, quick second, it's done. Never really brought up again. I remember doing a show. In fact, it was a, the TV recording where it was almost all on accident about sex. And the audience was just like, ah, not on board. He said the same thing multiple times. I've done a show that's all suicide on accident. I was just feeling myself that day. And... Yeah. And it's just like, oh, it, laboring the point also like just stick and move, just stick and move if you're gonna go dark. Not always a hard and fast rule, but like just like a,
1: right, no that's,
0: keep it light and fresh sometimes,
1: yeah, well, and, you know you, you <laughs> sometimes sometimes if I'm in a in a hostile room mm. i I'll mount the stage like i'm I'm you know raiding a village. And so you just, I, I go up there with the intent of you will pay attention to me, whether or not you like me, I don't care because especially if I'm, if there's, you know, especially longer showcases, I'll get stuck in the middle, uh, just, or I'll get asked, do you mind going first to get their attention? No, I don't mind at all. I'm fucking great. You know, if you put me in the middle and they're just a rude crowd guess what? I'm going to go up there, and whether or not you like me, I don't care. Yeah. I usually, usually I make them like me, because, you know, it's my job, and I want them to, but at the same time, if I walk off, and they're like,
0: if, if nothing else, if they were just quiet, I'm like, alright, then I set them up for the next comic. It's... <laughs> There's nothing. There's nothing more refreshing than burning a shitty room, but which I think we've all done. But yeah. I, no, yeah. The best thing is just like setting it up for the next one. I remember you and I done a hostel room at that uh, elk club, Uh-huh. and I was your host. And I was like, oh god, I am a, a bunch of like two hundred burly just people who have felt who have felt life left from a man's body. And <laughs> And I walk out like the wounded gazelle that I am, and I'm just, hey, what's what's big city living like? And I'm just trying yeah. to not get beaten up. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But that, you, but you have to. That was one of the best rooms.
0: Oh, it was great until they started heckling you at the end.
1: Uh, yeah, well, that was with my. If you'll remember, my mom and dad were at that show, yes. and my mom, my stepmom. Stood up and threatened to kick their asses. And it was by you. Let's give the context. It was two drunk women. Yes. Yes. And It was actually it was towards the beginning of the set and they wouldn't shut up. They just every time I tried to move on from the joke, they would drunkenly slur out something else. Yeah. And and that's when my my stepmom stood up and went, bitches, shut up, which she is the nicest, kind of sweetest human. She is such a nice person, but if you get her to the point where she stands up and she's willing to roll on the floor and her going out, shut the clothes, then yeah, you, you, you fucked up.
0: You fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, was a, that was a damn good show, actually. I missed that show. It
1: was. It was a good show.
0: Uh, okay, if you, let's say you're a new comic, or let's say... You use, let's say you, you, you use like listening to albums to like, Hey, help better yourself. Like what's a takeaway you would take from this album?
1: Oh man. Um, geez. Cause I, I mean, I've listened to this album, you know, when it first came out and what, four years ago, yeah. it was 2015, 2015. Yeah. And I, I listened to it and I was like, that's how I want to write. Um,
0: and it shows, it actually shows. I've seen yourself a uh, couple times and it shows. Especially no. the Coco bit, I was like, "Oh, this is Larry." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Coco man, Coco um, man. Well, when I heard that, when I heard that bit, I was like, "God," because I was writing something like that. And I was <laughs> like, "Oh, well, God damn it!"
0: I did the same where I I had a joke about wanting to get a prostate massager, and I explained how like I'm afraid of like that weird feeling of like when you hit your elbow on a table that, but then I come like a shotgun, and that's really funny. And then I realized that the Chad Daniels joke. Uh huh. Like fuck. So it happens
1: to everyone. But what? Well, your- yeah. Like, I'm oh, sorry. Real quick, I was real quick aside. Please. I caught a I caught a clip of Ben Roy. Um, if you're not familiar with Ben Roy, he's he was on um, um, those who can't. He was one of the creators. Yeah. Um, one of the Grolics. But he was doing a bit about you know the Boston accent was voted like the sexiest accent, and so he was doing a bit about like how can there still be people in Boston because and then you went into like the the boston accent and like how the women sound during sex with the boston accent and what's what it, i was like that's great and parallel thinking's neat because i was working on a bit about the south chicago accent <laughs> almost exactly the same like how can there still be people that live in that city when they all sound like that and then he did that i was like ah but like okay so for for but for big dumb animal um One, it's fucking commit. Commit to the bit. Not to sound sing-songy and rhymey and such, but there's never a second where Bronger doesn't commit to every word he's saying and every bit. And two, if you get the chance to do a longer set, make sure everything, even if it doesn't initially seem like it's weaving into the next thing, you know, try to weave the narrative. And don't be afraid. That's the oh my god! Don't be afraid to do long stories. You can there's there's not everything on here on the on that album is a longer story.
0: It is every joke's like four or five minutes, three to yeah. three to four, I think. Um, and I have to say, like when you're at an open mic and it's like I oh, only have five minutes, well, write write the whole joke. You have every you know every joke has multiple laugh lines, so you end at one of the laugh lines and then you start it from there later. And the next yeah. one, and then you piece it together. Like, just commit. Don't. And if it bombs, right on that bomb till it explodes. It's gonna be okay. Yeah. The next mic will suck more, but guess what? That's the next mic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and that's, and even though everything on his album connects to the next
1: thing, every 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 bit is self-contained. Yes so that's and that's the other don't i guess don't uh neglect a bit don't think oh this is a throwaway and that bridges me to the next bit every bit needs to stand alone like i should be able to pick out any joke on that album play it for somebody and have them go holy shit that's good yeah and then go
0: do you know know why i remember only parts of this set is because i heard it on pandora and Pandora has a thing where they just, of course, they shuffle through an uh, an album. So I only heard tracks. of this. Um, yeah. And so I remember these jokes, and every one of these jokes could be a closer.
1: Yeah, but the best joke on that album. Yes. I mean, I
0: say it's the best. There's so many good ones. There's but, so many good ones. But Wildcatten. Wildcatten is kind of it's kind of perfect because it's not only just a fun st- uh, a funny joke; it is charming. Like, you're mm-hmm. just there, you're with them, uh, and it's like, ah, uh, it's, it's fun. It's just nice. Commit. Yeah. And,
1: and if you watch the special, his act-outs, like when he sticks, talks about the, the cop's giant, handsome Easter Island head yeah. comes around the corner and the way he moves his body and then walks the rest of himself around the corner, you, you're there. And, like, when when he talks about how she tries to rake him across the eyes – And he grabs her and puts her in the, the, what he calls the southern comfortable arm bar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 Tap out, but I feel safe. Um, It's so good. And it's, the act outs are perfect. The writing, everything falls into the next thing. You know, when he talks about his reaction to what the woman calls the bartender, you know, and he's like, oh, just the noises he makes and the the wincing on his face. He takes you to, uh, not for nothing, and it sounds cheesy, but I feel like I'm sitting there in the New Orleans bar yes. watching this whole thing play out.
0: Exactly. I, I feel the same way. So I guess I guess that's something else to take away, is make
1: sure to take the time to build the scene in a, in a bit. Because the, the way he talks about, you know, here's New Orleans, and you know, oh, here. let me tell you about New Orleans for a minute, and then let me tell you about this bar, and what time of day it was, and why it's that time of day, and how, you know, he just came on to work, and, and, and here's why he came on to work, and this woman came in, and she was drunk, and it, the way he moved, and the way she talked, and then the cop comes in, and the way he describes the cop, and how the cop is given tourism advice, and just and the whole thing, and then he, at the very end of that bit, Brings you out of of the whole, it uh, uh, brings you away from the New Orleans stuff and makes it personal to himself again. And then finishes. And it's not the biggest laugh on the album. No, it's not. But it it's the period. It is. It's he the put
0: perfect under.
1: Yep. He just you know, Jesus Bronger. What happened? Oh her? Don't worry about it. She's just wildcat. Bam. Period. End. And it's just so. It's so it's a perfect it's a perfect album I think and now I get that not Matt Bronger probably isn't everybody's cup of tea but I know that there are jokes on here that I could play for instance my old man you you've met my old man that you've
0: my man yeah
1: yeah you've <laughs> met a man you know what he's not for nothing probably a little uncomfortable with that but I could play him certain bits off this album and he'd be like oh my god that's great it's there, there's some universal. Uh, elements to this album that are just just fantastic.
0: Yeah, And I want to take back to the whole setting up the world thing. Because some people when they hear that, especially a newer comment, they go, oh, that means I have to really go into detail and explain the situation behind the joke. No. No. Sometimes the joke is all you need is a couple of words and a couple of sentences and that really sets it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a sadder story, uh, like a, the whole, like, write a sad story in five words, you know, baby shoes, never worn, that's five words as a story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you can set up, set up what you need to make the joke work and really make the, the. no matter if it's a one it's a one sentence joke or a five minute story, make the audience see the world through your eyes. For exactly five for the five minutes you're on stage uh and my takeaway is uh i said this before when we did about class clown but i think uh, something about this that i think builds up a lot more is you don't have to be you don't have to be uh, shocking to say something shocking you can be just really charming really personable and say something that might make someone uncomfortable, but because you said it in such a way that is charming and friendly, they're on your page.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And I think that's, I think that's way more important than saying the, the, the shock jock thing. And I, I just, I, just, this is a great example to showcase for that.
1: Yeah. I think you're right. I don't think
0: there's, I can't even remember if there's like, besides like that one word at the end of wildcat and, I can't think of anything that is censorable. Like I, I can't even think of a swear word.
1: Right. Yeah. There's well, nothing shocking I mean, in that. There's nothing shocking no. on
0: the set except for the ending.
1: Right. And there, you know, the way that that he uses profanity, it just you don't even notice it.
0: Nope. The sleight of hand. Almost.
1: hmm Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Because it's just it's so it's such a part of his vernacular. He doesn't use it to. You know, he's not using it as a punchline. He's just using it as a way he talks. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's a great takeaway. It's just like, don't make the shocking part that like the shocking part of all these jokes aren't, isn't the focus of the joke. It's, it's not even the reaction to the shocking part. It's just part of the world. So just find out what the funny is. And if the funny part is funny man say fuck, then, then rewrite the joke.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Um so I guess for this last part of the podcast, uh you're from Springfield. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know more like assuming people listen to this podcast, some of them might be from Omaha. Some of them might not be from Springfield. Uh some of it might just be your mom being very proud of you, Larry, and wants to know what's comedy like in Springfield.
1: What's comedy like in Springfield? Yeah. Man, uh we have uh, for for a small area we have, I'll say, we have a pretty diverse group of white guys. Very diverse group of of white male people. No, um, you're not. You're <laughs> there are plenty of white dudes doing comedy here in Springfield, but we've got a
2: pretty. I say we
1: got a decent. We could use some more diversity, uh, but we're also, you know, not a huge market. But we've got some really good. Comics that are that are putting on um, some really good alternative shows yeah. in the area. I think every
0: show I've been to was an alternative show.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, they, they, it's, and those are being run by by you know comics that that love comedy. You know, they're not doing it because they're like, well, I got to make my house payments, so let's run this show. They do it because they love stand up comedy. You know, and and it's a pretty, for the most part, a pretty welcoming pretty welcoming scene yeah. and I, I, we've got, you know, we've got a really nice club here in, here in Springfield. Um, we've got, we've got Donnie B's and you know, they, Donnie brings in comics. He, you know, he tries to give people, he tries to give people some, some chances. Um, but you know, that's, it, it's a, it's a nice combination of, of alt comedy and, and, uh, club comedy. What the fuck was that? <laughs> I, uh, know.
0: I think I think uh, a computer went off.
1: <laughs> fuck you computers. I knew. Them. I knew they were coming for me. Uh, You're talking goddamn, to a computer right now, man. Goddamn Skynet. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, no, we we've got some good stuff. You yeah, know, and that's the other thing about like the Springfield area is that we have because Springfield, Illinois, is not a huge town, no. we do have to we have to go. You know, an hour and a half. Yeah, but you're surrounded by other
0: good scenes. You guys
1: are right, by, exactly. Uh,
0: St. Louis, Love and that. not too far from Chicago. You're about three hours.
1: Three hours from Chicago. We're an hour and a half from St. Louis. Um, we are an hour and, so, and change from Bloomington. Yeah, and which uh, seven, hours from Omaha. Sh- like, seven hours from Omaha. seven hours from Omaha, which we'll talk about that. In a minute. Oh, uh, no. But. Um, yeah, Bloomington uh, Jaime Guzman, uh, who is a comic out of LA, mm-hmm. have, took a break for a little while and is getting back into these he's producing shows and he's producing killer shows up in the Bloomington Normal area. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention two more groups. Uh, there's Mason City Limits in Mason City, Illinois, mm-hmm. which is a great comedy club run by Chris Spire, who is a comic who loves stand-up comedy. And that is a great club, uh, just kind of in between Peoria and Springfield. And then uh, Champaign-Urbana has CU Comedy run by Jesse and Justin Tuttle. They're twin brothers um, that they put on some of the absolute best shows I have ever been a part of. Um, And those guys really, they really have a passion for it. And, and I'm all since we're talking and I'm excited now, I'm all wound up. Yeah. I'm all, yeah. I'm all wound up. Um talk about, you know, I mentioned Donnie B's by name, but let's talk about um real quick. Uh here in Springfield you've got or in the Springfield area is Yuck off comedy. Um they do some they do some great alt shows. It's uh Nicole and Jeff Tolbert and they they really they love stand up. They love giving people chances. Um and then you know, about once every three months, you work with Ricky, R- Ricky oh, Ricky, Yeah, I work with Ricky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tell uh, him I say hi, uh, by the way. I will, I will. Uh, but he runs uh, a show at one of our local breweries. He's he makes sure that that is a a good show. He does a great job of oh, that. And then um, we've got uh, our alt kind of are they're really making a name for themselves right now is belly laughs
0: belly um, laughs yeah i think we talked about that in the past yeah.
1: yeah and they are they're really really doing some good stuff here in springfield as well just you know give, again i know it's alternative comedy but they are giving it an alternative to if you don't want to go see you know uh, improv or you know i've seen this this guy over here let me let me go over here and check out this this new comic that i've never heard of um, and they're actually bringing in some some bigger names now too. So we've actually we've got a really vibrant scene. It's just you know sometimes we got to drive an hour and a half. Yeah. But when people are like when they're like you want to do a show yeah well it's about two hours and fucking drive that all the time <laughs> yeah. two hours is nothing. I so yeah
0: eleven hours for you because I drove uh, accidentally uh, not on highways in the middle of the night with one of my blinkers off.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my, my poor boy. <laughs> it was super worth it. <laughs> uh, so that's 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 what so that's what it's like here in Springfield. Yeah. you know, not every not everyone is super supportive, and not everyone is uh, the best comic. But we have some really talented comics here, and uh, I'm I'm really proud to to be able to work with them.
0: Yeah. It's you guys have a great scene. I've been there a couple of times. I'm always happy to work with you guys up there. It's just a blast. Uh, every comic there I've seen has like their own style. It's always kind of welcoming, and your guys' alt shows feel like club shows. It's it's fun.
1: Well, you know that's I, I think most of us that that are doing this, we really we have a passion for it. We all you know the, for the majority of us want to do this only. Uh, you know we just want to be comics and uh, like full time so you know that's that's why we try to do good work
0: yeah and it it really shows
1: I'm going to try and suck my own dick a little bit harder now
0: So, yeah, um, Larry, it's been a blast talking to you. You are one of my favorite comics, one of my favorite people, uh, and I love talking to you. The
1: feeling's mutual, buddy.
0: Oh, I can't wait to see you. I know you're coming to Omaha.
1: are we gonna talk about our show that we're doing together? Yeah.
0: Um I'm actually talking, um I'm talking to the people who are working on that show and making a poster and we're getting everything set up to promote it. Uh you and I are doing a show. Um I don't know when this is coming out, so I'm not saying the date, but you and i are okay. a, you and I are doing a show down in Benson together and it's gonna be a bunch of local comics and we're all gonna have fun and we're gonna get kinda of drunk and it's gonna be a good time.
1: That sounds like a blast. So okay.
0: Uh, all right buddy are you all right buddy any uh any anything before we, uh, we head out
1: thanks for having me
0: <laughs> thanks for being on buddy <laughs> <right>. <laughs> well that was another episode of running out the light
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm larry smith
0: <laughs> i'm jeremy plum good night or good day <laughs>